0: Hello, this is, this is Wattar. This is Wattar. Guys, while we talk about rabbits, we're going to take a look today at what is the world part dos. This is part two. What is the world? This is music by Greg Gilbertson. Listen to this. This is our music for Wattar. Here's the situation. In the first episode of this four-part series, we talked about what is the world because people are always trying to save it. So I was like, what should we save? Do we have a clear definition of what we're trying to save? It really applies to our work. So I asked the question, what is the world? And then I highly recommend you go back and and look because then Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie answered it. We are the world. Later on, in just a second, we're going to get back to them. But our first look was sort of at a funny look at like the flat earth. Maybe we are a flat earth world. And I promised that today we'd look deeper at science. Next time, we're going to look deeper at philosophy, sort of the pure philosophy starting with Plato. It gets very interesting. And then we're going to end up with what do the religious people say? The, the, of course, everyone's religious on some level, and that I will stick to, and we'll even talk about it. But what, what do the theologians say? Of course, we'll end with, what do the Eastern Christians say? Because I like to end there. But today, we're going to take a look at science, at the light people. So here's a definition from Webster. Uh, actually, this is dif- dictionary.com. This is their definition. Everything that exists is the world. The world is the universe, macrocosm. It's the complex whole. Uh, I like that phrase. Is anything resembling the universe? It's big. The world of the microcosm. We got to investigate that. The second half of dictionary.com, one of three general groupings of physical nature, animal, mineral, and vegetable. Hmm. So the light people in their dictionary tell us that the world is kind of like everything. okay? It's not that helpful? Right? Scientific American, probably the most famous or most read magazine in the world when it comes to science, they say the world is the totality of all space and time, all that has been, all that is and all that will be.. <laughs> Cosmology is the study of all that is, all that has been, and all that will be. Yeah, that doesn't sound religious at all. (laughs) Thanks, cosmologists, for being priests. I mean, everything that ever was, is, and shall be. If that's not a priestly class, I don't know what is. Come on, give me a break. They just don't talk like that, though, right? Like it's a priestly class? The scientist class does not talk like that. I love scientists, don't get me wrong. Everything that ever was, is, and shall be, that's what we study, but that's not how scientists talk. They talk like this. Guys, let's set up that observation schedule regarding the rotation of the Earth in order to further understand the Earth. And also, everything that ever was, is, and shall be. Want to grab some Chick-fil-A later too? That's, okay, doesn't work like that. You don't get to study the Rotation of the Earth, and then imply that I'm also studying everything that ever is, was, and shall be. Modern people called scientists have become the arbiters of everything that ever was, is, and shall be. And for a long time now, we've been really good at listening to them. And that's why our definition of the world, when you Google it, it, it's weird It sort of boils down to Earth real fast. But let's do a survey thing real quick. Let's do a thing where we walk through how science has sort of gotten to this point where um, the definition that they do of the Earth, of the world, has become something like everyone's definition in, in the light people world. In other words, how did science come to define itself as the arbiter of this question? And what have they decided about the world? So, Let's start with geodesy, geodesy. Geodesy is the scientific discipline concerned with the precise figure of the earth, right? It's the study of its determination and its significance. So the first great geodesin I made that up, that's not a term, you can look it up, Google it if you want, it's not a thing. But the first great geodesin, 220 BC, about 200 years, 200s before Christ, his name was Eratosthenes. He succeeded in measuring the earth's circumference by sticking a stick in the ground where he lived in Cyan, right? And then comparing it to a shadow of a stick in the ground at Alexandria. He used the circumference of the earth and shadows to figure out that the world is the world is 40,000 kilometers in circumference. Guess what? modern science did they agree it's freaky they use shadows to figure out the circumference of the earth so geodesy and eratosthenes and the really annoying guy that's on tv tyson somebody the guy who's on the late night shows all the time he's like weighing in on important stuff like everything that ever is will and shall be what's his name tyson he and all the light people say that the world is something like 40,000 kilometers around. Okay. But what about this, everything that is and ever will shall be? Let's, let's keep looking for this. Where do they do this as science goes on in its adventure to try to explain and answer the question, what is the world? University of Oregon, Cosmology 101 online. I did this for you guys. I did the research. Ready? This is their exact definition of the course as you were to take it. And a lot of people do take this course. Cosmology. Here we go. 101. The main person, per, purpose of this course and of science is to trace within the chaos and flux of phenomena a consistent structure with order and meaning. Ah, you see, they're being honest. They're checking out meaning. The purpose of scientific understanding, they say, is to coordinate our experiences and bring them into a logical system. Cosmology is what we do to make sense of the world. Mm. All right, okay, okay. The priests of the modern world kind of owning up to their role. We're trying to make sense of the world we live in. All right, cosmology, the study of. Remember, the ologies are born out of sort of the light people. They give birth to all the ologies, biology, right? physiology, the study of the thing, psychology. And here you got cosmology. Cosmologists are important. Well, they say they are. Anyway, bam, they tell you, your dollars, hard at work at Oregon tell you that the point of all this is to use our reason to create a system that explains and coordinates the world we live in, and that's exactly what has been happening since the Enlightenment and the rise of science, right? All those systems in some way are trying to place our being in this world Hmm. and make sense of it. So Ptolemy, going way back now, but remember the Greeks are sort of the fathers of modern enlightenment. Remember that. Go back to your high school history. Remember that? Our people, the light people, are always hearkening back. So Ptolemy, one of those guys in the back who laid the groundwork for the enlightenment, he laid out some principles, Copernicus and Tycho Brahe and Kepler and Galileo and Newton and sort of these saints of the enlightenment. They always, they laid out these principles, right? And these principles tended to be rational and they tended to be orderly and they tended to make the physical universe sort of Mm. inert and studyable. And, we could envision a stable world if we did a lot of good science because the world was stable on some level. There were some assumptions, but guess what? As we go into the modern age, modern cosmology doesn't play nice. It doesn't play nice because you get Einstein and you get modern people. Now, Are they creating the change or are they being created by the change? I might argue it's a little bit of both. In other words, I might argue that Western thinkers, many of them called Christians, started to rearrange their theology, which started to rearrange the biology and the cosmology and the anthropology. They played together. But a lot of people just think it just happened, like invention, new way of thinking. Well, however you want to do it, Einstein, by 1915, has a theory of re- theory of relativity. By 1929, Hubble has a, this giant telescope that sort of says, "Hey, Einstein might be right." You can start to see it actually, and so relativity becomes a theory that's about gravity. But if you look closely, the theory of gravity, general relativity, is actually introducing a concept that to know stuff is to know deeply. The you ready? To know stuff is to know, in a deep way, the knower. (laughs) In this way, the world was much more than a blue marble floating in a sea of space. But it was a body that was both affected by us, the knowers, and was affecting us, the knowers. In other words, there was this weird relativity piece where we couldn't see clearly because we are also being known by the world around us. Knowledge was relative to the speed or the quality or the quantity of the studier. Gravity was relative to the speed or quality of the things around it. Gravity wasn't static. It changed with the size of the thing itself that was being studied. In fact, nothing is static nothing. And that's pretty damn scary. And that's what's happening all around us in the scientific world. But not everybody in the scientific community agreed with this. So to understand the question or to answer it, what is the world? You got to realize is that nothing is one big, giant, homogeneous mind meld, all answering the same way. Within the scientific community, you had people still hearkening back to the idea that, yeah, okay, there's different parts in play. Things are relative, but relative to what? Because if they're relative on a scale unknown to us, we can't know anything. Relative to what? Well, for modern mathematicians, especially in the 20th century, that became relative to math. Math, many people argued, was not subject to the general theory of relativity. So get ready. You ready? Let's do some math worship. It's important for you to understand that the things you're about to hear come from worshipers of math, which could be a great thing. I just want everyone to know. You can't hate math. You might hate doing math because your teacher is confusing you. But math does cool stuff. I like math. Math gives humans power. I I like power. Math is the mind of God, according to Newton, and say everyone else since Newton. Light people love math. Math is, is godly. And many Christians, most, have said like something like math is the mind of God. Math is amazing. And here's how it ties into our, our conversation about what is the world. You ready? For math people, surprise, surprise, the world is math. Done. That's it. The world is math. Pythagoras taught that all things are made of numbers, and he ain't alone. Mathematician David Hilbert, 20th century mathematician, probably the most influential math mind of the 20th century, a guy who knew was working right alongside Einstein. Why Einstein was doing physics, Hilbert's doing math. This dude triples down on Pythagoras, and he states that if a math system is elegant, If it has no contradictions, if within that structure called the equation, within that math world, if it is true in math and there's no contradictions, then that structure, that math world, hold on to your seats. If everything checks out, then guess what? The math structure can create stuff. What? The mass structure the equation itself creates gives birth to flesh. You think I'm making that up? I'm not making that up. Check out this very purple PBS video. I don't really know why it's so purple. I think purple implies like danger and fear and the unknown. Check out this video from PBS. Oh. The
1: incredible complexity that we see in the universe from biology to human culture appears to ultimately emerge from matter, space and time as numerical quantities obeying
0: these equations. Well, wait. Quantities obeying equations, I love that language. You are an equation, and the quantities, the things that make up that equation, that's you. You obey the equation, baby.
1: So if we can describe baseline reality in purely mathematical terms, can we take this one step further? Yes. What if we say that the universe isn't just described by mathematics, but in a more fundamental way, it actually is mathematics? This is the proposal of MIT cosmologist Max Tegmark. He calls it the mathematical universe hypothesis. It states that, Our external physical reality Uh, is a mathematical structure. Tegmark makes the case for the hypothesis by first defining the concept of baggage. Any theory in physics always comes with two components, a set of equations and a bunch of sentences Ah, explaining exactly how these equations relate to our human intuitions and what we can observe via
0: experiment. I highly recommend the link is in there. Go check this out. PBS is doing this and they're really doing something interesting. They're trying to explain (laughs) the mind of God. It's cool. The baggage is sort of the expression. So you're sort of the expression, the baggage of the equation. You're the thing that comes out of the perfectly beautiful math stuff. In other words, the elegant math equation, you are the manifestation of it. Now, If this is making you nervous, because in your simple self, you went and watched the movie The Matrix 20 years ago, made by men who became women. If that's you and you're a little nervous, so am I. Because if math is the substratum of all the stuff we see, then math is our dad. Tegmark, man, this MIT math maven, his theories are that math made flesh, <laughs> right? Good math without internal trad- any internal contradictions. Math gives rise to physical manifestations. Tegmark literally lays out that if a self-aware mathematical structure actually gives rise to physical structure. And you heard the narrator, the guy surrounded by purple stuff, you heard him say the coolest, creepiest, matrixy thing you could ever hear. We are the arising. We are the arising thing. We, We are the things born of mathematical structure. What is the world? The answer to the question, what is the world? We are the world. But no, math is the world. The world is a bunch of stuff with a corresponding reality in an equation somewhere in the mathematical world called your daddy. That's crazy, man. Have you ever heard of Plato? Next week, we're going to look at Plato because what we're going to find out is that Plato was doing something using logic. And what he was doing was basically coming to a similar conclusion. In some ways, you're going to see next week that the purple guy on PBS and Plato are really the same person. And that Plato just doesn't use math. Instead, he uses logic. And Plato, using logic, doesn't have to do the equation on some level. On some level, because math is supposed to be perfectly logical. But what Plato can do is that he can jump the shark. Here's what I mean. Before we click off, look at this little video right here. This is an important video, back, we're back with the purple guy, because if this is true about math, a scientist has to be able to test it. Listen what he the conclusion he comes to, the purple guy from PBS.
1: Tegmark's hypothesis refines what possible means in those contexts. And finally, is this idea even testable? Can you test it? Not currently. The only obvious test is via anthropic reasoning. We should expect to find ourselves in the most
0: typical mathematical structure capable of supporting our existence. I just want you to hear this. After all of this very interesting philosophizing about math, this guy, and to his credit, says is this testable? And to his credit, he says no. And to his credit, he uses the very fancy phrase, if you like heavy things lightly, here's the light side, anthropologic reasoning. That just means using your head, your brain. If you use your brain, you will come to the conclusion that it's true. You just can't test it. You just can't do science on it, which means that science just jumped the shark. At this point, these guys are science heretics yeah these heretics aren't doing science anymore they're doing logic and reason the same way st maximus or say i don't know st john does reason the difference is, is they're claiming truth based on oh science so at this point these cats jump the shark and they become science heretics and they go on a heretic bender like a logic bender okay and they're like doubled over at your little house party because they went crazy on this and they got like sick and they're doubled over the toilet and they're just puking all over your science party. And I'm not even saying that this science bender they're on is wrong. What I'm saying is, is they should take off the lab coat at this point because we don't even know if they're doing science anymore, but they sure are doing stuff like Jim Jones did up in the jungle there in Guyana. Okay. They should take off the lab coat and put on the, the camo. And gather everyone around, because at this point, it's not science anymore. And that's why I like science, because when it's science, it actually can be helpful. But these cats are acting religious, indeed, very religious, right? So we could go on and on. We could talk about how you really can't go down this road. But next time, next time, we'll talk about how philosophy set up these conclusions for the modern scientists how philosophy, the act of reasoning, allowed math to become our new daddy. That's on Wattar. In the meantime, can we listen for a second to Greg Gilbertson play some music? He just played uh, at Feast and Sing up in Wisconsin where we did a table and we had a lot of fun. But Greg's band got together and made this music for us. And I want you to listen to it, and as you do, before you do, and while you do, remember first things, www.first-things.org. We are going to be at the uh, Symbolic World Summit with Jonathan Pagio and his pals. In fact, I am the MC at this event. This is the end of February. Please go. Please come up and say hello. End of February, Symbolic World. You can find it at the, we'll put the links in. Go check it out. Jonathan's doing something very cool. Uh, Also check out our our Art of Tamada stuff. We are going to have at least two of these events next year. Come and join us. There's so much more. We are looking for more monthly donors. Please sign up. We love you. We're trying to get closer and closer to our, our 50 before the end of the year. We're up to 21, as I understand it. Much love. Greg Gilbertson. Take us out. Peace.